0: Welcome to the Wanderlust Journal podcast, based upon great storytelling. We'll be sharing adventures, recommendations, and tips for the aspiring writer. I'm your host, Sarah Leamy. I am a wanderer since I was a teenager hitching across France. I usually travel alone with dogs and in various vehicles. I'm the author of Van Life, Bring a Chainsaw, and numerous others. And I have a master's degree in writing and publishing, so you are in good hands today. If you'd like to hear more, simply subscribe, stick around, and we'll take you around the world. Why, hello. Um, Today I wanted to talk more about traveling to Mexico, to Baja, specifically Baja California, with dogs. So I'm going to put some links in the notes below, but um, I'm going to start off by talking about what you need to come across. Um, So what I found was that we needed rabies. That's basically pretty much the main thing that they ask for. And so they asked, uh, when I came across, they actually didn't ask for anything. But um, I heard and I've read and done the research that pretty much it's just the state side, that when we come back north, if you're driving through the states with your dogs, you... Might be asked to provide um, the rabies certificate. Everything else that used to have used to need a bill of health from a vet that was less than 30 days old, but That's actually changed in the last year since, I think, 2022. Um, I did for mine. I made sure I had all my recent records with me. I got the various other shots that they'd had, all the proof of rabies. Um, I had their heartworm meds for six months, too. And for Billy, the youngster at the time, the first time I came over, she was only one. I brought a Marco Polo tracking device and it clips to her collar. And if she's out of sight for too long on one of these beaches where I've just let her wander free, Um, I can turn on the handheld tracker and it shows me which direction she's gone and how far away it is. It's definitely worth the peace of mind um, because she is a bit of a wanderer. So we'll see how that goes now. I have a new puppy called Teddy, which you heard about in the last episode. He came from the dump in Mullahey in Baja California, Sur. So that's that's a separate story. But I wanted to give you a little information today about travelling with dogs what it's like i found that on the whole walking through towns with a dog on a leash for me is stressful um why because there's so many street dogs it's not like they're necessarily homeless or peopleless but there's a lot of loose dogs and my dog's if they're on a leash or weren't comfortable you know i mean that leash reactivity it's a serious thing it happens whether you're in the states whether you're in the west whether you're in mexico whether you're on a beach whether you're in a city dogs react differently when one is on a leash and one is not or when both are on a leash so that's one of my concerns and that's something i've noticed is that i tend not to walk dogs around town in Mullahey i'm staying in mulhae right now Baja California Sur. And so I don't, I tend not to take Billy with me or Billy and Teddy now. I tend not to take the dogs on the leashes with me into town. Um, the stress and the the management for me isn't worth it. But I do see a lot of gringos and expats do. Some have their dogs off leash. Some who <laughs> those dogs I guess are much better trained than mine are and come when told. And lost not reactive. But I tend to bring my dogs with me on walks, down arroyos, on the beaches, in the hills, um, around where I live, along the river, and do that. And I tend to let them free roam when we're on the beaches, depending on who's around. I mean, it definitely, I don't assume it's safe, and also when I see people like yesterday. And about a mile away from me is the lighthouse. It's the end of the road. There's beaches, rocky beaches. It's not like the prettiest of hangout by here of conception beaches. But it's a nice beach to walk around. You can walk around to the lighthouse when the tide is out. So I'm walking there with Billy and Teddy. We're all there off leash. I'm just having my little soda, enjoying this super calm afternoon after a week of windy weather. And I come around the corner and I see there's another couple of... Um, travelers tourists with a little dog who's off leash and so I just called out to them and let them know that I had two dogs they were friendly but if they wanted I could put my dogs on the leash and it all worked out well but they made a point of thanking me for giving them a heads up for giving them a choice and I I appreciate that myself when I when I bump into someone or come across someone um that's partly my crap because I have had a lot of very bad um, interactions with uh, loose dogs, with aggressive dogs, but that was in New Mexico. And that was in a certain little neighborhood of New Mexico, which again, is a whole other story. And actually there's a couple of books about that, but you can, you can find those. Um, I'll, I'll put the links down below if you wanna go there. But so I tend to um, react, I think, more than many people. It's something I'm working on, and I realise that, given my history and all the all the crap that happened to me for, you know, eight to ten years, actually longer, um, with living near very aggressive dogs who attacked me and mine, that I have a, I have that trigger. I have that instinct that it's going to go south really quickly, and it's not. I mean. Reality is, since then, I left, what, three years ago now? And even then, it's like, how many times, aside from that situation, have I come across killer dogs? Rarely. I've come across ones that are kind of shitty and owners that are kind of shitty, to be honest. Um, Both being, you know, alphas, I'll do what I want when I want and put you down. But not killer dogs. So I have to tell myself that even if there's a scuffle, even if someone's yelping and trying to get away, as long as my dogs can get away, as long as the fight doesn't escalate and it's not a pack on one dog and it just, you know, they all get each other overexcited. But I have to tell myself if someone's just coming up or a couple of dogs are just running up towards us, it's probably going to be okay. Mine are super um, submissive. They'll be like, okay, bully up. And if they don't, Billy's really fast, so Billy can get away. And Teddy is so submissive. He has no reactivity in him. So I I have to tell myself that. So I guess my thing I'm telling you all this is that um, be aware. There's lots of loose dogs wandering around. That's part of the charm, right? And they're all going to be pretty much they're all going to be fine. It's just me and my issues and also the, uh, the reality of gringo dogs on leashes and local dogs, whether Mexican or whether expats or tourist dogs, off leashes and that dynamic. So I want to talk a little bit about that for you. Um, I did also want to spread a little thing. I, had, um, I used to have a website called Dirt Roads and Dogs, and it was all about exploring the States with uh, two dogs and with my cat Stevie in the van. I sort of let it go, but there is a link on my website on saralimi.com If you look under writing, it does take you to most of the posts. But there was one post about lost and found, what to do when you lose your dog. And so I'm going to just read from that a little bit because it has some good hints and some good suggestions for what to do if you are traveling like we do with our dogs, like we do, and something goes wrong or even when it happens at home. OK, so this is from Dirt Roads and Dogs. Um, losing our dogs it's the worst nightmare right to lose a dog to have Rosie or Harold disappear I can't breathe when that happens rarely is Harold out of my sight but it happens and with that Mamma's boy he's usually close enough to return within minutes Rosie though nah she ran off once it was a cold November afternoon and we'd gone for a walk in the nearby mountains up to the crest and looking over to the Heme's in the far distance we scrambled through the cactus and rocks it was incredible worth puffing and panting With the sun dropping down toward the sandiers and the temperature following along for a ride, I headed back downhill. A whistle followed by a jangle of dog tags. I didn't worry. It was only when we were within half a mile of the truck that I noticed it was only Harold coming back. Rosie? Nowhere to be seen or heard. Rosie! I screamed, I yelled, I cajoled, I clapped hands, I threatened to leave her. I yelled again and nothing worked. The sun was low in the clouds and it was cold. Did I mention that? Suddenly my bravado failed and I stormed uphill along the trail, calling her name more and more desperately nothing. Back down to the truck with Harold within reach, I found I'd left the phone back at home. Shit, now what? I couldn't call my friends or neighbours to help search. Shit, what do I do? Harold sat in the front seat. I started the engine and waited, sometimes that helps to get her attention. The sound, the sound of us leaving. But nope, nothing. It was getting colder and darker. "'Panicked, I threw my coat under a juniper near the truck "'with a bowl of water and a toy of hers, marking our spot. "'And then I drove home and got the phone, "'a stressed call to Mo and Katie, my friends and neighbours. "'They met me back at the mountain driveway, "'and I set off uphill. Katie went sideways, and Mo held the fort. "'Nothing. "'I strode back down half an hour later to the truck "'to see Rosie running towards me with half a rabbit in her mouth. "'Be happy to see her, reminded Mo. "'Don't be angry. "'Rosie, Rosie, Rosie, you little bugger.' Hi, honey. Did you have fun? Wag, wag, wag. Seed, seed, seed. And last week, another friend on Facebook posted, Javier is missing. Please look out for him. My poor friends had just adopted this foundling from a rescue and he'd only been with them for a week. Less, I think. Javier was a small pity mix with white fur and black patches and the most adorable underbite. And he'd run off one afternoon, into the hills behind town where the coyotes live, and yes, the sun was setting and it was a cold February afternoon. Shit. I drove down to see my friends to offer help and suggestions, and on the way I'd walked the ridgeline with Harold and Rosie calling for the dog, searching the mesa for a little white blob in the distance, but nothing no luck. Back at the home, we sat on the porch and talked as she was terrified, feeling guilty and lost. I started throwing out ideas, all those suggestions I'd known from working at a shelter and helping local rescues over the last years. I described how the adrenaline takes the dog fast and uncontrolled until till they just can't maintain that level of panic. The dog will then stop, catch its breath and hide until the adrenaline leaves the system. From what I understand, the pup will then backtrack, using its own scented trail and return to the last place he'd been. The car? The crash? The home or yard you'd been visiting? Scent is key, he'll backtrack. So what do we do with that information, though? Does it really help? Yes, and here are some of the ideas. Leave a coat or a blanket of yours at the place where you last saw your dog. It will give him a grounding point, something familiar in a scary situation. Hide the blanket under a tree with some shrubs, perhaps. Make it a safe haven at a site. If you can, leave your vehicle there again. It's a point of reference. Talk to the neighbourhood near where you last saw him Give them your number and ask them to keep an eye out on your blanket But don't react, just call if the pup shows up Leave a bowl of food and water if you can Call your friends, let them help We want to, we will It's not an imposition, honest Use social media and again tell your community Give them photos and phone numbers However private a person you are It doesn't matter, reach out Are you close to home? Close enough to walk back and forth a few times To create a scented trail home? Do it If you are, then you can also do this It's weird, but it works You know how I keep mentioning scent? Well, go home and fill a bucket with your dog's poop Then create a trail home with a scattering of dried poop Yes, it works and it'll make you laugh too Or, you can pee Do a little scent trail of pee And leave the gate to your yard propped open A blanket and bowl of food and another of water outside Just in case you finally, finally, finally do fall asleep And all talked out with my heartbroken friends, I headed home. It was a full moon, and evening of coyotes yipping across town, and I knew my friends wouldn't be able to sleep well. We'd done what we could. We waited. I made coffee at home in the morning and then checked my phone. Javier was home. He'd eaten all the food on the porch and led himself into their studio. He was tired, safe, and in one piece, with paws full of cacti spines. Javier was home. So there you go. I hope that helps. It's... um, it's true. All these things that you can do, scent being the main one, but staying there, leaving paths, reaching out, social media these days is pretty huge. Um, so use what you can. The other thing I wanted to talk about was um, how traveling down here in Baja, specifically for me anyways, is the... I was traveling with Harold, who was... 11 or 12 at the time, and he had some pretty major health issues. And I was terrified about finding vets. I was terrified, and for good reason, because um, we did have some episodes where his health would just crash, and what the hell would I do? Again, I reached out in the campgrounds. Um, I had people all around. We all get to know each other, right? Whether we're cramped in close or whether we're more separated on a beach, but we all get to know each other to a certain extent, however private we are. And people helped me um, to the point where now, two years, two winters later, some uh, this couple just came through where I am in Mullahay and they saw me and they remembered Harold and they remembered helping me with Harold when Harold had a turn. And one of the things was that before I came down, I started looking up vets. And so I did have a resource of vet clinics and WhatsApp definitely use WhatsApp if you're coming to Mexico. It's the it's the way people contact each other more than text or more than social media or messenger and thing. Use WhatsApp. But so I saved a lot of that information on my phone. I had the WhatsApp vets phone numbers for each of the different places. If you speak Spanish, easy you can text in messages and send texts that way. And if not, I recommend you download um, Google Spanish to your phone. And again, do the same thing. You can write into the Google Translate what you want, translate it, copy and paste it, and put it into the WhatsApp or within your own phone. So super easy. Uh, in Mulheye, we have a health clinic that's here generally November through April, and it's Tuesdays and Thursdays morning. And I've put a link down below. In Loretto, I found a couple of vets. In La Paz was the main vet who I drove from Todos Santos. So I drove a few hours one time to get Harold in because they had someone who was a neurologist and so they could work with his, um, the issues his brain tumour and stuff and what he needed and take tests. So there really is a good setup, but again, I'm still worried. I still have, now I have two dogs again and I still get worried because there is no 24-7 healthcare pet vet care here and... I am not a medically-minded person at all, so that worries me. I do want to talk to um, Maria uh, from Mullahe Animal Rescue. She's one of their health... Uh, medical resources, who has a lot of good information. And I'll probably try and do an interview with someone, maybe Deborah from the Paws Clinic in Moolahe too, about what we can do, um, how we can prepare ourselves, what we should bring with us in a health kit and that kind of thing. So those are my thoughts today for traveling in Baja with your dogs. I hope it helps. I hope you have fun doing it. I hope you keep doing it because we can. We got such, it's such a joy. It really is such a joy seeing seeing the dogs run around um, in Los Pulpo, Pulpos, is that how I say it? Uh, let's see, Campo Los Pulpos, just south of San Felipe, for example. I stayed there and I rented a little casita on the coast as a treat. And I remember, again, this is from my notes, I pulled into the gravel driveway and checked the directions, take the right fork, head to the front left of the main house, which looks like a castle, park in front of the small gray building on the bluff, and what a bluff, oh wow, it was great. Below was a sandy road that had been cut into this cliff edge leading to eight larger houses right on the beach. And it was. I woke to gulls, morning doves, the sound of waves and wind, no radios, no construction. I could let the dogs out, make coffee and step onto the porch. And it was early. The sun that first day hadn't even crested the horizon, but the peach glow filled the sky and I sat and watched the day start. It was beautiful. And here's a little note from that time, from taking Harold off his meds. I'd gone to what in my mind was a really shitty vet in Santa Fe, County, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, who just piled him up with a bunch of drugs that just knocked him out so anyways here's a little note from this from the, my Baja van life section in saralimi.com when I started a book a digital book anyway Harold had slept well for once I'd taken him off some of his meds because I'd noticed that within a day of taking them he'd lost his sparkle he he wobbled and fell looked constantly distressed and scared And I didn't like the vet who prescribed them. Her vet tech had tried to drag Harold down the corridor by his leash. He was fully belly down on the floor and she dragged him by his neck. Um, He was a terrified senior dog, unable to stand on his own. So no, I'll never go back to them. Well, Harold, we took Harold off the pills and his... And he woke me during the night with licks and wagging tails. He got up and wandered round a bit and found me on the bench bed, gave me a happy snuffle and went back to sleep. We took the long way down to the beach, no shortcuts down the bank, and I held Harold on a leash until he became familiar with the route on his own. He is almost blind these days, and he needed a bit of help finding his way. Once it was in his memory, he did great. It took three, two, three walks. It was amazing. So he... He really took to it, it was really safe, and I have to say, um, taking my boy, traveling around, was wonderful, to go back to a beach with him in his last year, um, he was with me for about another nine months after that. But to take Harold, who had been with me for 14 years in total, was beautiful, and then to take Billy, who was learning from him, and now, 2 years later we have little Teddy who reminds me so much of Harold that sweet sweet dopey big boy you know just the gentle heart the the lovely energy and um yeah so now Billy is the big sister teaching him and i think i think it's going well so anyways that's it for today lost and found what to do when you lose your dog what to bring paperwork-wise and health-wise into Baja and a couple of little stories for you. And also um, next time we'll get back to the update on Mulahe Animal Rescue. And also I will give you information on what the vets and vet techs recommend we bring um, for our own safety and what things we can do for ourselves if there are any medical emergencies in Baja California with our dogs. So... Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate you all sticking around. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to find out more, just read the notes below and you'll find a bunch of uh, links. And also you can just go to sarahleamy.com, L-E-A-M-Y.com to find our links for my books, for blogs, for anything and everything travel-related, dog-related and grasping at a wonderful life so have fun explore more get out there enjoy be well bye